Hi, I'm Barb. I'm an adult child, codependent, and abstinent compulsive overeater. And it was my absolute pleasure to carry the message of recovery to those who still suffer and to give hope who don't to those who don't believe they can be healed. And um, I'm going to read on page 147 of the Big Red Book. It's actually out of step 10, but it's called The Gift of Choice. Um, I've been given many, many, many gifts. I just celebrated my seven-year anniversary in ACA um, a couple weeks ago, and I'm profoundly and deeply changed. And the most important gift is the gift of choice. And of all the gifts of choice, the most important choice I'm able to make now is what goes on in my head. I didn't know before recovery that I didn't have to believe my thoughts. I just didn't know that. And I had done a lot of work on what was going on in my head, and I thought I cleaned up all the negative self-talk, not even close. I thought I did that in my 20s, and I was 52 when I got into recovery. So... The gift of choice, page 147. Choice is God's gift for letting go. Many of us practice letting go by drawing a continuum chart and placing it on the refrigerator door. We mark our daily progress along a horizontal line. On some days, our control registers to the far end of the continuum and we feel alone and isolated. On other days, we let go of control and catch a glimpse of God's will for us. We feel freedom. We learn to discern what events or decisions need greater attention and which items can be ignored. We let go of control by asking for what we need instead of manipulating others for things we really don't want. By letting go of control, we continue on the path to greater choice. With choice, we find out what we like and dislike. We feel less compelled to repeat rituals of control to make it through the day. We choose a new coffee shop where we enroll in a college course and learn to explore the world around us. We choose to take singing lessons or volunteer for a worthy cause. We get our hands dirty in gardening or we let dust collect in the ledge longer than without dusting compulsively. We see the art in spilled milk on the countertop. We learn to listen to our inner child and to be spontaneous. These are the choices that stretch out before us. There are countless more, but they are missed if we claim to control. Before we arrived in ACA, we had no real choice. We were dependent or addicted to drugs, food, sex, or work without a sense of direction. Most of us were reactors locked into unchangeable behavior. With ACA's spiritual focus on addressing the disease of family dysfunction, we break the cycle. We replace rigidity and fear with hope. We create an opening for change. We choose to turn our will and our lives over to the care of our higher power on a daily basis. We realize that the path of greater choice is a spiritual path that begins at denial and no choice and progresses through greater levels of choice to discernment. The level of choice we develop in ACA is proportional to the integrity of our boundaries. The more we let go, the stronger our boundaries become. This is an ACA paradox. Letting go creates stronger boundaries. So that's the end of the reading. And those last three sentences, the level of choice we develop is proportional to the integrity of our boundaries. The more we let go, the stronger boundaries become. This is an ACA paradox. Letting go creates stronger boundaries. I had no fucking idea what that meant when, when I first, I mean, many times. And I have, like, I have asterisks and I have notes where 
I'd be like, I'd get a glimpse of what it meant. I'd be like, I better write that down because I'm not going to remember it. So some of the things I wrote were, we have choice. When I let go of other people's stuff, the boundary is already there. They are them and I'm me. And then I also wrote, when I put the focus on me, in other words, set boundaries, I let go of controlling others and outcomes. When I let go of them, I set the boundary. And I think for me, boundaries have been one of the most incredible gifts of recovery. And now they're an incredible tool of recovery. So it talks in here about learning what I like, think, feel, need, and the ability to let go. And the way that I learned what my preferences are as a lifetime, like people pleaser, rescuer, accommodator, bender over backwards person, codependent was by setting boundaries. Cause I had to, would you, I had to experiment. I think most people had, cause if I knew where to set the boundary, then I would set boundaries, but I didn't. So I remember, I don't remember what it was, but one of the first boundaries I set, it was like, wham. And I went, Ooh, that was too harsh. And I didn't know it was going to be too harsh. Otherwise I wouldn't have done that. And so I was able to be like, okay, so I need to like, you know, be a little bit more gentle next time. But the way that I learned my preferences was by starting to set boundaries and experimenting and being like, Oh, that feels really good. Oh, that doesn't feel so good. And, and getting like, what feels comfortable in my body? Like, how do I feel like I can breathe? And like, I can think and I can make choices. So for me, you know, boundaries are an, uh, just so, so important. And it's also one of the promises of the program that we will learn how to set boundaries. And, um, I think for me, um, as a lifelong people pleaser, like I said, I was 52 when I got into recovery. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't know anything about boundaries. I don't think I didn't know that I didn't have boundaries. And, um, I think, oh crap, I lost my train of thought. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, I could talk about boundaries all day long. So let's see. Um, I think for me, uh, one of the most important things I heard, it was from a keynote speaker in another fellowship. At the end, the closing um, keynote speech, he said, I have boundaries of self-containment and boundaries of self-protection. And I was like, whoa, what? Whoa, what? I, I was like, I don't even know what that was. But I, I like thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And I was like, what is a boundary of self-containment? And what is a boundary of self-protection? And I just kind of decided, oh, these are boundaries of self-containment and these are boundaries of self-protection. And, and what that means to me is there are boundaries that I need to set for other people. Those are typically boundaries of self-protection. And there are boundaries I need to honor, which are often boundaries of self-containment. So one thing that I find now um, when I try to help people work on their boundaries is that they're pretty clear. Other people are walking all over my boundaries, but what they're not clear about is they're probably also walking all over other people's boundaries. I know that I was doing that. And luckily I had fellows in recovery that would like pull me aside and say like, that was totally inappropriate, Barb. 
but I knew that they were saying it to help me grow and because they love me and they want me to be a differentiated, individuated human being. And that, you know, game changer for me, especially the things that I needed to contain. I think for me, when I stopped doing things that either harmed myself, like giving away personal and private information, or when I stopped doing things that created chaos around me, like gossiping, the drama and chaos in my life went down by probably like 85%. I remembered what my thought was that I lost before. For me, I think the thing, the core of me being able to have boundaries when I never had them before was that I've grown to care more what I think of me than what everybody else does. And that doesn't mean I don't care at all what others do, of course. I mean, I've been a people pleaser my whole life and that comes from somewhere good. I wanna be a good, kind and decent person and contribute to the wellness of the world. But I cared so much more about what you all thought of me that I was willing to throw my integrity out the window and say, oh yeah, absolutely, I'm happy to do that when I totally didn't want to. And then I resent you for asking me to do something that I said yes to 49 times before. So why would you ask me a 50th time? You know, or something that I maybe I even volunteered for and then I'd be mad because you know I was totally drained and stuff. And so when I learned that people pleasing was dishonest and manipulative, I was like, oh my God, I'm a horrible person. I didn't understand that saying yes when I meant, when I wanted to say no was dishonest. And I didn't understand that, that I didn't understand I was doing it to get you to like me. I really didn't. But then when I did, I was like, oh shit, that is called manipulation. I'm acting in a certain way to get a certain response from you, which, you know, of course I want you to like me, but maybe it's really that I want you to think that I'm nice or that I'm generous or I'm helpful or whatever. And I did, I used to think I was nice. And now I'm like, you know what? Nice isn't really that important. You know what's important? I gotcha, thanks. Um, kindness is what's important. Nice people, like that's that can be an act. You don't really know if that's genuine or true. Kind people tell the truth kind people say no thank you kind people don't go oh yeah absolutely i'm happy to when they don't want to and so when i say i've come to care more what i think about me than what you do that's what i mean is that my personal integrity as a woman of honesty who does who directly communicates with people and does not manipulate to get what I want that I care more about that than that you think that I'm nice or that you think that I'm kind or that you think that I'm helpful and I really think that for me one of the most important um, things that I learned in this program and it talks about in the solution is learning to keep the focus on myself in the here and now and that's another thing that boundaries do I keep the focus inside the boundary. You're, it's inside my hula hoop. And if it's outside my hula hoop, that's none of my business. It's out there. And the other thing I've learned about boundaries is I think that initially I thought I'd set a boundary and then other people will just act the way that I want them to. That's not what boundaries are. Boundaries are for me. They're not for other people. 
And I thought like I could control other people and I can't. So I can't turn somebody into a functional, caring, nurturing person. You can't do that. But what I can do is minimize how, how much I get triggered by people in situations by either staying away from them or reducing the time that I'm there or sometimes changing my mindset, like expecting someone to be different than they're not is within my power. I can change my expectation. Like I, I, my brother is a super dysfunctional person and I expected that when I said to him, you know, can you stop yelling? Cause he's a really loud person. He's literally incapable of it. He's not yelling to punish me. He's yelling. Like one of my friends in recovery said, people who feel heard don't feel the need to yell. And I was like, oh my God, that's so true. So I can't, like it hurts my ears when he yells. So I can say, you know, that hurts my ears. And then I'm like, I have to go, you know, because my ears hurt. Or I just don't even stay for very long, you know, but I can't turn him into somebody who doesn't yell. I can request to have my boundary of not yelling. And if it doesn't get honored, then I'm the one that has to do something about it. And that was one of the most difficult things to learn about setting boundaries. Um, And um, I'm going to wrap it up here and say, um, like boundaries have become so important to me that I created a, a workshop that I delivered last year at the, um, WSO, um, convention on boundaries. And I'm going to be doing it again at this year's, um, convention. So if you want to hear more of my take on boundaries, it's on, it's free on the, um, adultchildren.org website. And it's also going to be at the other thing because I feel like. This, this program in particular is the one that gave me the gift of boundaries. And so I want to give back to the fellowship what I've learned. So thank you so much for letting me share.